The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. At Neighborhood Church, we seek to be a community that loves God and our neighbors together. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. My name is Dave Barton, and I am the pastor here at Neighborhood Church. And uh, once again, I want to welcome you. Uh, this morning, uh, some of the men, we have about 23 fellas in the fellowship hall uh, having breakfast together, a small devotion, and a little uh, just time talking about our place in the church and how the church has many members but one body. And if that's something that you're interested in doing, if you're a, a guy in the room, uh, teenagers and up through um, all men, come on, hang out on the first Sunday of the month. We'll have a men's breakfast. So that's something we have started today. It's our first one, and we for sure will do it again because it was delicious. It was a good time. Uh, second thing uh, on my mind before we get into the sermon is uh, I know there's been some discussions and questions about masks and all those things. We are in discussion. We are texting and emailing one another and the leadership of the church, and, and we want to make a good decision. Um, I think there won't be more masks in the future, so that's just good news for most of us. We just don't have a, a date setter yet how we're going to do that as many organizations, and if you're at a business, your business is trying to figure that out, we're in the same place. So just know that those discussions are happening um, as we speak. Uh, before we get in the passage today, as Rivers mentioned, we're in a brand new book um, in First John. Uh, let me just pray and ask that the Spirit would guide us. Father, we thank you for uh, your love and your desire to create us with a purpose of um, having a relationship with you, displaying you to this whole planet. Uh, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, that we could have a relationship with you, and sending the Spirit to come and empower the church, the body of Christ, to be your hands and feet and mouth in this generation. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Uh, my hope for you is, as we are a church that uh, spends at least 30 minutes each Sunday studying the scriptures. That's something that you also do outside of this time. And one thing we do is we just go through books, and we know uh, that's how most of us read books that are other than the Bible, uh, just kind of read through uh, from left to right. And we do that with uh, not the entire Bible and it's uh, from the first page to the end, but we do that with the different letters and the different books of the Bible. Uh, so that's what's going to happen most of the time within our church. And we are in First John. So if you have a Bible, uh, feel free to, um, to open that up. Uh, First John is at the end, and we'll speak a little bit about the differences between some of these books that we find in the scriptures. Uh, the next 14 weeks, we're going to be looking at this small five-chapter book. And, and if you're not quite sure or know how the Bible is organized, uh, it's okay. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're all in the same place. There's a lot of books in here and reminding how they're laid out is important. And when you think about John, most of the time we think about the Gospel of John. Uh, and that's one of the four uh, first books of the New Testament. We call them the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? But we're not in John chapter 1. We're in 1 John. And, and 1 John is a, a book that's going to be, be a delight to go through. And we hope that as we go through 
um, different books of the scriptures. You get, a, you get a feeling for this was the author's intention. This was going on in context. And we don't have to rebuild that every week when we start a new topic or bounce to another book. Um, that as we go through the summer, you're like, yeah, I can have an idea what First John is like. Maybe you feel that way about Acts. As we spent an entire year in Acts, you're like, hey, I'm more aware of Acts than I ever have before. Or we went through Matthew, the entire book of Matthew in a couple years. My hope for you is like 1 John becomes a, a book that you fall in love with. And um, when, we, when we get to a new book or, or a new letter in the scriptures, we, we want to always ask a couple things. One is, who wrote this book? And why did they write it? So just to start off with, the, the author of the uh, book of John, is, or First John, is also the author of John. Uh, it is the disciple John. He also wrote uh, other books other than the Gospel of John, as we mentioned. First John, Second John, Third John. You may not know those were in there. They're tucked in there tight right there in the back. And Revelation's this monster that kind of eats all the books around it, those small ones, you know, because you're like, but believe it or not, John wrote Revelation as well. So he wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. So looking at these, these writings of John gives you an idea what he's about. So the first book, this, the Gospel of John, it's about the life and teachings and death of Jesus. Okay, And then John wrote these three books, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. They're much smaller. 1st uh, John actually only has five chapters, and the other two books only have one chapter each. You know, it consists of like five pages in the whole Bible, you know, this small section at the end. And then we have Revelation about the end times. So he wrote about the past. So in, in, from John's perspective, he wrote the, about the past. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He died on the cross for the sins of mankind. Gospel of John. Then he wrote these three letters. First, second, third John. What was that to? Well, that was to the church in his time, the present. What's going on right now? And then he wrote Revelation. What is that about? Well, that's about the future. What's going to happen? So John kind of has this nice spectrum in his writing. And it's good to read these, um, these books by John. His, his desire is that you would understand he was with Jesus. Right, So there's kind of an, an important part about John's life that, if you did not know, um, that he was part of the inner circle of Jesus. So when you have Jesus doing his ministry, sometimes Jesus just has like these three guys with, with him. It's Peter, James, and John, right? Those, they they kind of go together. It could almost be like a band, right? It's like they go together, Peter, James, and John. And uh, there's three specific stories that might be familiar. Once when Jesus raises uh, Jazarus' daughter from the dead, he doesn't ever let everybody go. He lets just Peter, James, and John. And a really big story that was really insightful when I was studying it, when we were studying Matthew, was the transfiguration. So there's a time in Jesus' life where he went up on a mountain and he transformed into more of his heavenly spiritual state. Everybody didn't get to go. Like the, the dozens and dozens of followers, or the, even all 12 disciples, just three got to go and see that. It was Peter, James, and John. That's right. And also... Right before his death, Jesus went and prayed. He was praying to the Father, this kind of like last prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says, I want three of you to come and, and watch. Watch for me. It was Peter, James, and John. So John spent his life watching Jesus. He brought the dead to life. John watched these dead prophets 
in the transfiguration in their post-earthly bodies, hanging out with Jesus in his transfigured state. John watched while Jesus prayed in the garden as blood came from his brow before his death. He watched Jesus hanging on the cross for his sin. And while Jesus was on the cross, he watched John sit next to his mom and said, John, take care of my mom. Bring her into your household. And on Easter, John, in his gospel, was very clear. He won the race. John versus Peter to the empty tomb. John saw the empty tomb. And then John watched as Jesus appeared. As the doors were locked, the resurrected Messiah would just show up. John watched that happen. And of course, John watched the church grow. John knew of Paul and his missionary journeys to modern-day Turkey, this Asia Minor, this northern Mediterranean, Middle East area. And these churches started sprouting everywhere. He saw that happen in his own time. So the question, the second question we need to ask when we get to a new book is, not who's writing it and what's their perspective, why are they choosing to write especially letters that are to be sent around to all these new churches. Why was it needed? Well, the time was the 80s. No, legit, like the first 80s, like the very first 80s. Like Paul, as we just studied, as we ended Acts, he was in Rome in his final missionary journey, and he was executed around mid-60s. Okay, so mid-30s when Paul started his ministry, all those churches were sprouting because of Paul's missionary journeys. And now it's the mid-80s. So it's been 50 years since the first church started from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. And what's going on? Well, there are some that have begun preaching a new system of the church. And it was against the sound teachings that were clear in Paul's writings and other writings and what the church was proclaiming. These new beliefs involved the denial that Jesus was the Son of God, that Jesus was actually in the flesh, and that Jesus' death was even necessary for salvation. Now, if you're new to the church, these two doctrines are very important, that Jesus was really the Son of God, a man in the flesh, and that his death on the cross paid for the salvation. Now, there was no YouTube. There was no newspaper articles. There was no video from a cell phone of these things happening. In 50 years, that's a long time, right? Think about 50 years ago from today. Has religion changed even in our own country in 50 years? And we have televisions and, and internet and Good documents. We have the whole Bible printed in a zillion pages all over the world in many languages. So the idea that somehow Jesus was no longer a person or Jesus' death on the cross was no longer important, we kind, of, we kind of get it. 50 years is a long time. So far, for John, this is the mid-80s. John's been a wild. He knows he walked with Jesus, even if he was a late teenager when he was called. He's an older man. He's seen a ton. 
and he's seen the church grow, but he's also seen some wolves kind of come into the church and begin to change some of the foundational doctrines. And this is where we get the theme for our summer, love made known. Because there were things that were becoming unknown to the early church. In our generation, today, 2021, we need to be reminded of the beauty of Jesus, that he was the son of God in the flesh, and that his death on the cross was important for the forgiveness of sins. So we're going to lift up Jesus this summer. We're going to lift up his life and his importance and his teaching. And we're going to see that he is the salvation for all who would believe. The people and even the early church, as they began to remove Jesus, the physical son of God, as important to religion, and taught that a chosen Messiah could not forgive sins, that's not possible. Friends, this is the belief of like most people on the planet today. You don't need forgiveness of sins, and Jesus was probably just some person that said some decent stuff, but he's a little crazy because he thought he was God. That's what most people believe. So 1 John, today in our context, is just as important. So let's jump in and read just these first four verses, and then we'll kind of do a section at a time and see what it says. 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. So if you're in the Gospel of John, this first few sentences is going to sound similar, so make sure you're right at the back of the Bible, close to some maps. Right, that's where we're at, really close to the back. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it, and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, and we are writing these things so that your joy may be complete. So point number one today, if you're new with us, we often have around three points. They come straight from the scriptures, our hope. <laughs> point number one, Jesus is God. So if you're taking notes today, the idea of love made known, Jesus is God. And we're going to just take these first few words, that which was from the beginning. So as I mentioned earlier, John begins not with introducing himself, but introducing Jesus as God. He did the same when he wrote his gospel. So on the screen, I'll normally put the gospel of John for those passages as well. So the gospel of John 1.1, he wrote this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, this is the triune God as revealed in the scriptures, as revealed in the life of Jesus. Jesus did not begin in Bethlehem, that the baby did not go from non-existence to now existence. He did not begin in the creation of the earth, and God created the heavens and the earth in Jesus. That's not what happened in creation. It wasn't even with the angels. Jesus was in the beginning with God. So Pastor R.G. Lee explains it like this. 
Jesus was the only man who had a heavenly father, but no heavenly mother. Who had an earthly mother, but no earthly father. Who was older than his mother, and as old as his father. So if you run into somebody else that has those attributes, it's Jesus. Okay, so that's, he's the only one that fits that mold. He was a gifted teacher, but he was so much more. He was a humble king, but so much more. He was a miracle worker, but so much more. He was a faithful friend, but so much more. You see, Jesus was and is and is to come. He is the creator, sustainer, redeemer, and the final victor. And because he is God, he can forgive your sins and he can forgive my sins. So as we continue in the passage, John brings up all these physical senses to show how he can be known. So 1 John 1.1 1, 1, the second, the second part here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it. So point number two, Jesus can be known. Jesus can be known. John watched Jesus. John was close to Jesus. Do you see these words? Heard, seen, looked, touched. He was manifest. He was revealed. And as we study John, my hope is that you fall in love with this God that can be known. He's not just an idea of God. Jesus is alive. He is real. And here's our first question for today. Do you know him? Is he real to you? Some things are not real until we experience them. I, I, I understand that. And, and I don't know if you've ever watched something on T before and we're kind of blown away with um, the, uh, the abilities of somebody. Almost like that was unbelievable. And this normally happens to me with uh, sports and I ask the question, how did he make that shot, or how did he catch that ball, or how did he throw that disc? And for some sports, you really don't care about, because you never tried those things, and you're like, I guess everybody can do that, that plays that sport. Well, I got to admit that if you've never played disc golf, um, you might not care about this story I'm about to tell you. But last time... But last time, I, 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 last Sunday, I shared about how I didn't hurt my wrist or my finger playing, um, uh, or not playing, but skateboarding with my son on the sweet ramp, because that makes sense. Because I heard it playing Frisbee. Not a lot of people get that at the doctor's. You did what? Like, that's, what, that's when you tell people at the doctor's, like, you, you threw a Frisbee? It's like, yep. Can you fix it? It was like, well, you're the first, right? So um, I've, been throwing, I've been trying to throw a Frisbee really, really hard to try to get ready for this tournament, so hard that my 44-year-old body said stop, and I stopped. So this, all this is just for a little tendon in my finger that is going to take a little break for a little while. Um, but 
I've been playing so much frisbee and watching, trying to learn from pros and trying to throw from pros because when I watch the pros throw on TV, they throw two football fields, and I can barely throw one. And these people, I assume, are like nine feet tall with like huge muscles and all when you... But, but Joel and I went to a tournament this last Wednesday in Poria, Kansas, which, if you did not know, is the disc capital of the world. Welcome to Kansas, right? So I went down there, and um, they have a ton of disc golf courses and some, some big warehouses. They sell Frisbee. And, and you might be wondering what this is. And you may have driven by a park, and you saw like, kind of like this kind of chain contraption about this tall, about this big around, has a basket in it, and you're like, that's a weird bear trap. But it's not a bear trap. It's actually a golf hole. So when guys like me try to throw our Frisbees, when it gets inside the basket, it's like, yeah a hole in one, right? So those kind of things like picture golf and frisbee and combined. So we went down to watch the pros play and oh my goodness, can they throw a frisbee? Like they throw like this strength level and it goes three times farther than I could even imagine. And I'm wondering what is, what is wrong with me? Well, you're bad at disc golf. Like, that's what I came up with by the end of this day. But I saw it for the first time. I saw it. I, I, I sat, took some selfies with some of these guys. Some of them are shorter than me, and I'm not a very tall person. And I'm like, how are they breaking the laws of physics? I don't know. I hope to learn. But my, my uh, proposal to you is there's something about seeing it with your own eyes and not on a small computer screen. It'll blow your mind to see professionals perform at their level versus the small things that you do as an amateur. And I think for John, for John being with the most professional Christian that's ever existed, the one we name our religion after, the Christ, the Messiah, he was blown away. And what he's saying in this passage is, guys, I've seen it. I live with this mom. You know, it's like, it's like the, he was real. You're preaching he's not real. Ah, he's real. I was there with him. So feel the passion as John shares over and over again in these few verses. Guys, I looked, I saw, I watched. I was with him. He is the son of God. Jesus prays to the Father right before his death about being known. John wants us to know that the very Jesus that he knows, that we can know as well. This is what John 17.3 says. This is what he heard Jesus say. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is Jesus' prayer for you to know him. He is knowable. And how can you know Jesus? By humbling yourself. Knowing that you need a savior. You need forgiveness of the sins. The things you do wrong will be judged. They can either be judged on the, the life and body of Jesus as he took on the physical pain of the spiritual punishment of yours and my sin, or God has created a space called hell where sin is punished. And what my invitation to you is, know Jesus, know the work that he has done for you 
so that you can live in freedom and you can live in thankfulness. And you might be sitting today going, well, if that's true, then we should be like really, really happy that somebody else took all that punishment for us. We're like, yeah, that's one of the reasons why we sing songs and we celebrate a ton and we eat meals together and we gather to remind each other, this is true. He's a real person. He went through hell for us. Jesus is God and he can be known. And as we continue this morning, let's read from verse 2 on and recognize the invitation in John's voice. We have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Point number three, proclaiming Jesus brings joy. The good news is that sharing the good news is good. It brings joy to the proclaimer and for the listener, the receiver, that's good news if they receive it. As we hear John's passion for the life and teachings and work of Jesus, to not just be enjoyed by himself, oh, I'm so glad, Father, that you let me spend so much time with Jesus. Because he heard the multiplication in Jesus' life, that this can be shared ongoing. There is pleasure in the sharing that others as well can know Jesus once you know Jesus. And we get this, right? Think of the last time you heard some good news, but it was also good for someone else. That your happiness wasn't fully experienced until you got to tell the other person. So I was thinking about Joel and Kirsten's season right now as they're looking for a house and say you were trying to buy a house in this market, right? And you've put in dozens of offers, and you're just waiting, and months have gone by. And then the perfect house at the perfect price next to your best friend comes on the market. And then you put an offer in, and then they accept your offer. And then you get a phone call, and if they're saying, your offer is accepted. But your spouse just left to run errands for the whole day and left their phone. Are you mad at them or what? Why are we mad? Because it's that emotional disconnection. We, we want to be joy-filled. We want to complete our joy by saying, ah, we got the house, right? Like, that's what we want. This is what happens with the good news. Today, you're being offered, you're being reminded, salvation is free if you humble yourself. Is there somebody you're like, that's great, I accept, I, but there's some people in my life that they got to know this. It's so good. I think this is what John was living as he knew Jesus so closely. And he began to hear people preach against these key doctrines of forgiveness of sins through Jesus, the real Son of God in the flesh. I must tell you, 
that my joy can be complete. So in closing this morning, I had the same invitation to you. We proclaim Jesus for the forgiveness of sins today. The one we've worshipped, the one that we enjoy, the one we serve, the one that we are blessed by. He has forgiven our sins. And would you have fellowship with us, the church? Because we know Jesus. And we're going to remind you of Jesus. Would you put your faith in him? Would you have fellowship with him? Would you know him as your Savior and Lord? It would be our joy for that to take place. If you're a follower, would you find the joy of proclaiming Jesus to others who don't care or don't know him yet? Does everyone that know you know about Jesus? May your joy be complete as you live your life being a conduit of grace for others. Our three points for today about love made known is Jesus is God. Jesus can be made known. And proclaiming Jesus brings joy. First John is going to be a great series as we're reminded or introduced to Jesus and his work for us. We will see God's love made known, and we're going to see the church making God's love made known. Let's pray. Jesus, thanks for the reminder, First John, that he gives us that you are the Son of God, sit at the right hand of the Father, speaking for us, the crucified Lamb of God. Jesus, we thank you. We sit here today. We thank you for what you have done for us. May we enjoy sharing this good news with others. It's in your name. Amen.